It's your Kali. What's The following program was brought to you by Yolo Kali. Keeping it weird since 1997. Oh. Who's that? Who are you? You're not allowed to be in here. Hey, yo, somebody get their grandma. Huh? Ah! Now nah, you gotta do it like this. What's Up is back with another two hours of fully youth-produced content, tapping into the matters and concerns of youth in Chicago. As well as all the crazy, wacky, tea-sipping, gossip-spilling, weird shenanigans that we, youth, get up to. Listen to your own risk, because your mind might explode. The chances are low, but never zero. So strap in, and let's get into the show! Hello and welcome to What's Up on WLPN LP Lumpin Radio, 105.5 FM Chicago. My name is Jasmine and I'm here with E, Angel, Diego, and Jeremiah. Today we cooked up something special for y'all, so sit back as we serve up discussions about girl dinner and our favorite dishes growing up, a discussion about celebrity meals, listen to a cook-off between Diego and Jeremiah, and have a sit down with our special guest, Dragon Mycia, and a former chef. All this and more on What's Up, Let Us Cook! To start off today's show, I want to share a little recipe from my childhood, Puerto Rican breakfast. Technically, I don't think this is the official Puerto Rican breakfast, but this is the dish my grandma used to make me every morning when I sleep over her house. Eating it reminds me of waking up at her house, seeing her dancing to Spanish music in the kitchen, and getting her big dog to dance with her while the bread was toasting. The dish consists of four triangles, buttered toast, lightly seasoned with garlic powder, some tostones, one hot dog, and two over easy eggs. To start off, peel and cut one platano into chunks that are around one inch thick. On medium heat, fry the pieces in oil until a light gold color. Remove them and smash them down with a can or something flat and heavy. And fry until golden. Next, cut a hot dog down the middle the long way. Then cut both sides into three pieces. You should have six total. Cook in a pan with a teaspoon of oil till the edge curls upwards. Lastly, put two pieces of bread to toast as you cook two over easy eggs. Once the eggs are done and the bread has reached your preferred level of toastiness, cut into triangles, then lightly butter the toast and give it a dusting of garlic powder. Play everything together and you have Puerto Rican breakfast, just like my grandma used to make. Mm. Now, speaking of food, I'm sure we've all heard the viral sound going around that goes, girl dinner, girl dinner. The trend of terrible dinners seemed to have started when user Tashana Rose made a video on TikTok about her ideal meal where she, in her own words, eats like a medieval peasant with a bunch of cheese, crackers, and what appears to be fruit. Then user Karma Pilled used and created the viral sound everyone knows today. From there, everyone took the sound and kept adding to the joke of eating less than ideal dinners. Examples of girl dinners include charcuterie boards, ice cream, a lollipop with a sip of water, and an iced coffee. Some fast food restaurants even started playing into the girl dinner trend by offering meals that consisted of purely sides. So I want to know, what do you guys think of when you hear girl dinner? I think when I think of girl dinner, it's always just like an iced coffee, and that's it. Ice if you're feeling like luxurious. But what about you, Jared? For me personally, when it comes to what a girl dinner consists of, I realize, oh my god, I've been doing this for years now. I'll just take like a slice of bread, toast it, and eat it. That is that is the entire um, lunch and breakfast of my day, and then it will wait till dinner. Honestly, that's a mood. 
My girl dinner would be uh, bread rolls with chips, guacamole or salsa, and like a water bottle. And that's it. Like I can eat a whole pan of bread rolls by myself. And I'm just like the happiest person in the world. That sounds like a full meal, Jazz. No, it doesn't count. Okay. You can't just eat bread for dinner. Okay. It's like um, that dinner is just like 80% bread at that point. The girls called and they're taking you off the list, Jazz. I'm so sorry. Okay, how about just chips and guac, and that's it? Now we're talking. Okay. Oh, Lord. So, obviously, I think we all eat girl dinner here, uh, but why do you think girl dinner happens? I think girl dinner happens because it takes a lot of energy to cook, and not to mention clean right after. So, you like, making a whole meal, that's, like, two, three, like, like bowls, pans, like, forks, utensils, you got to clean. And that's, that's a lot. So, I think just girl dinner just came just about not having a lot of time on your hands or energy, and you just want to just, you know, eat. What about you, Jeremiah? What do you think? I also think that, but I also think another contrib- contributor to this is money. Just the lack and absence of money to the point where it's really the only option you have to eat is like, oh, what are the leftovers I have in my fridge? Oh, all right, this is my uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner now. Honestly, I think you're like both right because like, you know, working like nine to five or doing school and work and then you're coming home, they got to cook a whole meal. I'm like, no, no, thank you. Like I got some chips. I got some guacamole or like Jeremiah said, I got leftovers because I'm too broke to order out. Like I'll just take that instead of like having to cook a whole meal because obviously, honestly, cooking a whole meal and then having to wash like a whole sink full of dishes, it just feels like a punishment when I'm like, I can just have little snack foods or crack a little cheese and I don't have to wash anything afterwards. But what do you think? Yeah, I think, again, the whole dishes is always like a punishment. I think that's like a perfect like, way to phrase it where it's just like, I have to do this to survive, but now I have to clean. Like, it's, I don't know. And I guess it also comes from, like, the childish mentality of, like, when you open the fridge, food doesn't just magically appear there. You have to sustain yourself with the food and the money that you have. And if you don't have the money, the food isn't going to magically replenish itself. And, like, with the food just not magically, like, appearing, it's like, I swear, I'll look in my fridge, I'll be like, we have nothing to cook. There's I can't cook anything. So I'm like, I'm going to eat, like, my little girl dinner. I'm going to eat my snacks. And then, like, my mom or, like, my sister will come. And then they'll just pull, like, a whole three-course meal out of the fridge. And I'm like, we had, like, chicken and, like, cheese. What? Did, how did you do this? And they'll just, like, pull something together. And I, I don't have that magic power yet, you know? Parental black magic. Yep, parental black magic. And obviously, like, we talk about girl dinner, but, you know, also, I don't think these things need to be gendered. You know, say girl dinner, I feel like it's more of a concept. Obviously, like, different genders here, we all eat girl dinner. But I do think there's a difference between eating girl dinner and then, like, what would be boy dinner. To me, boy dinner is, like, one monster energy drink and then, like, playing games for eight hours and not eating. I think it's hilarious. But from what I understood from some of like the boy dinner concepts, because I know they made their own little song, but um, is that boy dinner is just like the main food course and no sides. Like it'll be like just like a plain chicken and that's it. No sides, no nothing, just... Mmm, protein. Protein. You got to get the protein in some way. Which I don't know how I feel about that. That feels like it's against my religion or something. (laughs) For me personally, I feel like the difference between girl dinner and boy dinner is that boy dinners, it's like something like an overwhelming amount of energy, like caffeine or like sugar. While girl dinners tries to seem like more focused, more balanced when boy dinner is just like everything all at once to me personally. Like for me for breakfast, I eat to get energy. I drink an Arizona half and half, which is all sugar. 
and then I have uh, muffins. That's and then that's all sugar. But you know, I have energy for this today as opposed to caffeine. But that's my boy breakfast personally. Okay. Well, one, I didn't know that boy dinner had their own little jingle. I thought it was just girl dinner, and I guess like I know like it's kind of like if you put girl dinner and boy dinner together, you have an actual meal because he's saying like. You know, you have, like, the main entree, so, like, you have, like, the chicken, and then the girl dinner has all the sides, so we just need to come together, and then, bam, a whole meal. But also, like, Angel, really, like, why? Why you have that for breakfast? I think breakfast is the only meal I actually, like, put effort into eating, like, properly for the only one. Uh, Just the other day, I was so tired from work, and I had no energy that I came home, and the only thing I ate were two microwavable frozen pizzas, and to me, I'm like, that's dinner, and then I went to sleep right after. So it's just, it's it's what's the easiest at this point, and what gets you stuffed. I get that. My my little brother is probably guilty of that if we don't cook, and mind you, I say little, but he is 16, okay? He's not that little. Um, if we don't cook for him, like, he'll just, like, okay, well, I'm not going to eat. Or, like, I'm just going to go sleep and then wake up and eat chips. Or, like, we have, like, little microwavable pizzas for him. And I'm, like, you know how to cook. Like, in this instance, like, we had things to cook. And he's just, like, not boy dinner for me. But, like, I guess, like, I said my girl dinner. But my boy dinner would be, honestly, I don't know, maybe, like, an ex- uh, I feel like coffee's girl dinner, whatever. I would have, like, an espresso shot and then just, like, a rotisserie chicken. Just the rotisserie chicken, no, no, like ham or cheese or bread, just rotisserie chicken. You are so real for that. I think my boy dinner would be, I used, I had like a, a pack of like tilapia, frozen tilapia that I would just like put in the, como se dice, the, the air fryer. And I was eating that nonstop. That was so delicious. It would just be tilapia. That's it. And I was like, wow, that was such a satisfactory meal. This is like my nutrients for the day. I succeeded. My dad would be proud. He is not. <laughs> not proud. What about you, Jeremiah? I can speak from personal experience because this happened to me just a week ago. My boy dinner consisted of leftover spicy chicken tenders and water. Ice water? Water. Just water. Straight from the tap. Nice. I like tap water, but throw some ice in your water. You'll elevate never, that meal. Never. Never. Go. Never. Terrible. Also, I just want to know, would you guys consider, like, kids' meal at restaurants to, like, to be a proper meal? Would that count under, like, girl dinner or boy dinner? Because, like, as the Jeremiah just said, what, chicken tenders? And I think that's, like, the running joke. Like, if you don't order something at, a, like, right at a restaurant, you're like, I want my chicken tendies and fries. Like, is that a proper meal? With all due respect, I have to defend this fully because this goes into the question of whether boneless chicken wings are just glorified chicken nuggets. They are. That's not going to stop me from eating my glorified chicken nuggets. Leave me alone. I like my glorified chicken nuggets in peace. You know, you know what? I have to agree with you there because I don't like when people call them glorified chicken nuggets because I really like boneless wings. Like I don't want I just want to like, you know, smack down on some wings. I don't want to worry about choking on a bone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, E? I'm the same way. I I hate people call it like boneless whatever. I call it like chicken wing or chicken nuggets because I'm like it's boneless wings. Let's be real. Like stop making me mad. <laughs> But I think the whole, like, the whole discussion of our kids' meals, just, like, a little fancy version of girl dinner, I want to say yes, because I feel like one little, one little kid's meal, that's all I need, and I'm full for the day. Those little apple slices, wow. That's, like, the whole pyramid, food pyramid right there. I think that's pretty ideal. Honestly, yeah. See, like, the kids' meals do a good job. They got, like, all the food groups. Like, you get everything in there. 
but if you could only eat like one type for like ever referring to like the chicken nuggets again bone in boneless for me boneless because like i said i don't want to choke i just want to eat okay it's no contest for me it's always boneless it's always going to be boneless and anyone who doesn't like it boneless i respect you just don't force it on me nice I also like boneless. I feel like the wing, like the like the wing, the bone is always just like an extra, like obstacle in a way that doesn't need to be there, and it honestly ruins my mood most of the time. I don't know. I'm so serious about this, but it genuinely ruins my mood. Oh my god. Honestly, yeah. And also, like for my older brother, I literally like because I like cook for him often. Like I literally have to like write on the little box and like this has chicken bones in it. Be careful because he'll just inhale his food. Like I watched him eat a burger once so fast he forgot he ate it. That is so real how? and so scary. I don't know how it was amazing. We were just like like you know everyone was still waiting for the food and like he ate it and then my mom was like, "Where's your burger?" He's like, "I," and he like had this look of like pure confusion on his face. Like I ate it, and we're like, "We think you did." Like he had the wrapper in front of him. I don't know. <laughs> he's gonna get finding dory you run for his money exactly <laughs> going back on topic to like the girl dinner boy dinner i just want to want to ask do you guys know about the controversy surrounding girl dinner enlighten us all right so this is a quote from foodandwide.com by an uh, article by marilyn miller called please don't gender my dinner and where she writes this fad is really just another way of reinforcing the trope that when woman when a woman is cooking for a man she must make a robust meal but when she is alone she has a plate of cheese and crackers um full disclosure i strongly disagree with this i feel like they took a concept that was just like a fun internet joke where it's like yeah we all need to eat better but like you know this is like the funny little dinner i'm having because i didn't cook you know today um and like turned it into something uh, a little more serious, which I think it was just a joke. Like, you know, uh, I don't necessarily think it, you know, enforces stereotypes, especially like there was another one that I don't have the quote of, but like she mentioned kind of the stereotype of like women eating very dainty little meals, which I was like, I just said I could eat a whole rotisserie chicken by myself as like my boy dinner and like that would be it. So like, uh, I wouldn't consider like girls dinners to be dainty because they're robust. They're just not nutritional. I, I feel like they're tackling the wrong issue here. And correct me if I'm wrong, but like I don't think this is a matter of gender, and I don't think it was ever a matter of gender. It was solely just a fun little, like, oh, I don't feel like cooking today, or I don't have enough money to cook today, so I'm eating whatever is in my fridge. And whoever coined it was just happened to be a girl, and that's how the, fr- the phrase got coined into a girl dinner. So I don't think it's some deep like issue or deep, deep um it's not it's not a message on 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 the on a hierarchy or patriarchy in a sense at least that's how i see it i just think it's a fun joke i think that yeah i think like the whole oh just like a little petite meal while the husband eats like all the rest of it i think that's like again a bit of a stretch the only thing i would question the only thing i would when you told me there's a controversy with it i would imagine it was like oh it's probably like i was thinking i was thinking a way of like you know eating disorder or like dieting which I was, at the, like, it sounds like a stretch, but also at the same time, I'm like, maybe we should do better. Maybe we should, like, try to to complete the food pyramid for once. I don't know. I think that's my dad talking, like, in the back of my mind where I'm just, he's like, eat an actual meal. Like, please, please. Yes, father, I will. I will try. But what do you guys think about, like, the whole, like, you know, just dieting and that kind of aspect to maybe girl dinner? Honestly, I don't know what I would think about, like, because for some like I think like sometimes like it like it works as I don't know like I don't know how to phrase this like it works for diet foods and sometimes it can be healthy because I'm like if I'm just eating like nuts 
berries, fruits, a little bit of cheese and crackers. I'm like, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I'm, I'm eating a bunch of grapes and like cherries and stuff and not even like the sweetened ones. Like I'm eating fruit. Maybe I should eat like a meat to like, like you said, round out the pyramid. But I'm like, I got almost all the food groups in there. You get A plus for effort, Jazz, and I appreciate you so bad. <laughs> Thank you. What about you, Jeremiah? What do you think about, you know, like diets and girl dinner and stuff? Um, I guess it really just depends on person to person and um, how they f- choose to interpret it, what um, is a healthy diet in a sense. Because when I think of diet, I don't think of like, oh, I'm going to lose 35 pounds be- while following this diet. I just think of, when I think of diet, I think of what am I going to eat for the next couple weeks or what am I going to do for the next couple weeks. That's what I think of when I think of diet. So I guess there could be a negative stigma when people like take this the wrong way. Like, oh, this is a new trend. There, I should... Uh, I should keep, um, I should follow the trend and maybe I'll look good or better. And in reality, it's not that simple as that. But I feel like people could get the wrong idea. I feel like that issue is uh, easily rectified by uh, proper information and um, just being clear that this is all just like a joke and we should be eating healthier while still taking fun, poking fun at this, uh, this, this um, funny little uh, situation that we all generally have been gone through through our lives well i think this was really fun talking about like the girl then avoiding her i think we all have some pretty good opinions on everything but now i want to shift over a little bit and i'm going to pass it off to angel who's going to lead us into a discussion about celebrity meals okay thank you jasmine for a fantastic segment all about girl dinners Moving on, one of the most popular food to items today are celebrity meals. Various franchises work with song artists such as rappers to create a meal focused on what the famous person gets. Celebrity meals have existed since 1991 and are an all-time peak now. So I have to ask you guys, what would your celebrity meal consist of? I think my celebrity meal would consist of probably like a little pie, a um, a little slab of ribs and a like a minty shake. Those would be my ideal <laughs> things altogether. It would be like the worst, you know, calorie-wise, worth just diet-wise. But I want all those things together in my own meal. <laughs> Diego, what about you? I think my meal would consist of chicken alfredo and a sour candy on the side. Anything to drink? I think I'll drink orange juice with that. I mean, I would have orange juice. Have you ever drank orange juice and ate sour candy at the same time? No. Okay. <laughs> I think that I don't think that's gonna like have. I think that's gonna be a really bad effect on your tongue, it, wouldn't it? Like the amino like, acids. Yeah, it would go crazy. Yeah, but I'm trying to hurt the person eating my meal. Oh, okay. <laughs> e, what about you? Would you have your own celebrity meal? First of all, Diego, who hurt you? Second of all, um, my celebrity meal would probably consist of just like a fountain drink. I'm so sorry, but like back to girl dinner, just like a drink. That's all I need. And just like maybe some fries if you're feeling like, again, like a little bit luxurious. Would it be like an extra, extra large drink and a small fry? It so would. Thank you, Jazz, for that amazing (laughs) question. Me personally, I just want a banana split and a milkshake with orange juice. So it would have just a bunch of different assorted flavors of ice cream in a pyramid on top of bananas with cherry and whipped cream. And then another milkshake of any whatever. And then orange juice. That is my ideal celebrity. Would that just be meal. a dessert? Yes. Oh, okay. And I was thinking, E, because you said it would just be like an extra, extra large drink. I was thinking, like, what if someone goes into a restaurant? They don't even say, can I get a large drink? They said, yeah, can I get the E special? And the worker's like, yeah, I got you. And just hand you an extra large cup. 
that like reminds me of like those um, memes where it's like you know other countries don't have like the extra large drink and they see ours like they see the american version like like the large meals and they're like wow you guys be eating a lot but yeah i just i just like the fountain drink something about it i will always ask my dad to get me like a fountain drink from somewhere and he'll be like oh we have soda at the house that's not the same it's not the same and i want everyone to understand that like the can bottled whatever it's not the same as a fountain drink and i i think we all need to get on the same page here Okay, that got a little bit personal about yeah, a whole extra large drink. No, but that's okay. You know, good discussion. But I want to ask you guys, why do you think celebrity endorsements work? Because obviously, I'm not going to say any names. There was that one in 2020 with the rapper, also known as Cactus Jack. That one was huge. And then you have uh, recently another a certain drink with the donut surrounding another rapper. Why do you guys think like celebrity endorsements work? And why do you think they're so popular? I don't know. I think it's just like... It's just kind of like a fun thing where it's just like, oh, my God, this is named after this person. And it's just like a little excuse to, like, go outside and, like, do something funny and random and get food. Like, everyone wants an excuse to go out to eat. And if, like, you're like, well, I'm supporting my favorite artist now, you're going to go do that. I think you're so right on the whole, like, everyone just wants an excuse to eat because, yeah, I especially if it comes like a cute little toy with it. Yeah, I'm I'm going. I'm trying to try to get that cute little toy. But um. I think another reason why it works is just because, like, it's another reason, I guess, to get closer to your celebrity, in a sense. Um, I know when they had, like, when BTS had their own meal, people were going crazy for it. And they were like, if you're not a true fan, do not buy it. Save it for the actual BTS fans. And that was a little bit too serious for me. But the bag was cute. I remember during the BTS meal, people would join, uh, like, work at where they offered it just to get the free shirts. Like, that was, and, like, they would join, they would get hired, get the free shirt, and then they would immediately quit. And they would keep the shirt. Did you guys never see those videos? No. Yeah, no. So the shirts had the BTS logo. They would join and then quit right after getting the shirt. There was, like, so many of those. That's so, when I think of celebrity meals, I think people going, like, they like really, they're really dedicated. They get all the meals, they, like the packaging. Like, you know how celebrities sometimes work with like cereals? I don't know if he, the rappers working with cereals, there was a lot of those. I remember people going absolutely nuts about the cereal boxes. Like, guys, it's just cereals with a celebrity's face on it. That's so funny that you mentioned the shirts because I do remember that. And I remember I had like a friend working at McDonald's when like the Sweetie meal was coming out. I just tried to ask him, like, please just give me an extra shirt. Like, that will, like, that will make my day. I, it was such like, a cute little font. I was like, I need it. And that's all. I think he quit right after. So I was like, okay, cool. I got the shirt and all is well. That's crazy. Like those celebrity meals just killed the turnover rate for all these fast food chains. I remember it's not a celebrity, but when McDonald's dropped the Szechuan sauce, I remember uh, going to McDonald's early in the morning trying to get it. And they only had like, oh, we only have like 10 available. And there was like 50 people at the McDonald's. And it was, it was bad. It was really bad. I think just aside from celebrity meals, also the, um, Dropping like exclusive items at that point, it's like it's not even about the food. It's just about the novelty of the item, which kind of sucks, you know, because it's getting rid of the whole purpose of food. You know, it's to eat it and to enjoy it. When you're dropping a certain item, it's just going to be like, oh, I just want to care about that. And that's it only. Uh, But moving on to more fun stuff. How about we put a meal to a celebrity? So like what food would match a celebrity to you guys? I would think the I got one for Mariah Carey because, you know, like obviously like it's the holiday season and everything. So. I think hers would just be like an extra large, like frosty type of drink, like vanilla something with like a blue swirl. And then because like her iconic red outfit during that music video, like have like a red strawberry sauce with like a cherry on top. I think that would be perfect. Mariah Carey, like just all the elements together. (laughs) There's a meme for J. Cole's meal. 
It's like a, a plain cup of water and a burger, just just the burger and the buns, nothing else on it. That's all he he's, that's all you get with the meal. Cause I, I know you're a J. Cole, big J. Cole fan, so would you agree like that would be his meal if he ever did release one? Yes. I don't know why he's on my mind, but Nicolas Cage, I feel like he's just always there in my mind. But his meal, I think, would consist of, it's not even food. I just think like a, it would be like a, a soda cup. And you think it's like a fountain drink, but it's just gasoline or something. <laughs> I don't know why it's my brain. That's the only thought I have. Head is real empty. That's I think that's still valid. May I ask why just a cup of gasoline? I feel like he's just like he wants to surprise people. You know, like he's just he wants to trick people. Huh. He doesn't, but like I just think it's funny, and I think it's because like his his appearance and everything is always just like, why is he here? And he's always like trying to like I don't know some explosions happening. I don't know. <laughs> And I, even then, I would even think, like, it would, if it was, like, a chicken nugget meal, the sauce would be, like, it would be, like, sweet and sour sauce, but it'd actually be, like, something like caramel or something. So, something to surprise you. For me, uh, it's a director, Michael Bay. Uh, I feel like if he had, were to have a meal, it was just food that has, like, explosions in your mouth. Like, Pop Rocks, it would just be all Pop Rocks or, like, you know. Egg fruit. with the yolk. Egg with the yolk? Yeah, that, I mean, that could happen. Or, like, candy that has, like, like. Uh, what are they called? Fruit gushers, like candy that has like the juice inside. I feel like that would be the Michael Bay meal explosions. Uh, what about really quick? Can you guys create a celebrity meal for each other? So Diego, a celebrity meal for you would probably be a burrito and like an orange juice. Wait, what? I don't know. You just remind me. I don't know. You just really like burritos, don't you? I I guess. <laughs> Okay, well, that was an interesting conversation. Shout out to Diego and his love for burritos. Uh, thank you for everyone to joining this. We have a short break, but stay tuned as we have even more discussions about school lunches and the differences between eating at home and eating at restaurants. You are listening to What's Up on WLPN 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio. My name is Diego, and I would like to share a recipe with you all that I enjoy. My recipe is my mom's caldo de pollo. I really enjoy the coldest seasons like fall and winter time. So I remember coming home from school and opening the door and smelling the caldo de pollo my mom made and getting a feeling of excitement because I knew what time it was. Game time, prom time, baby. Thinking of how it was worth it to walk in the cold weather just because I would be enjoying the corn with the steamy potatoes and the chicken. And then I would add lemon to it and then tortillas. And to top it all off, some of that steamy, steamy goodness. Ooh la la. Thank you, Diego, for sharing that memory with us. The caldo de pollo sounded really good. Now, you know what wasn't good? School lunches. Okay, not to judge schools, but in my opinion, school lunches were whack. They really had us eating like three cheese sticks and a spoonful of sauce and called it a lunch, okay? Now, I want to know, what was the worst school lunch you guys had at your schools? If you want, I could start. Mine would probably be like a cheesy, it was like cheese, chicken chunks. Like they were literally cubes of chicken and broccoli, which like, they just it was just like the little broccoli peaches were just like drowning in cheese. It was like a, it was cheese soup with like other things in there and that was it. That was the only thing for lunch besides, like, the sides of, like, you know, random apple or fruit and milk. I really disliked the Sloppy Joe just because it looked weird. It just looked when they plopped it onto the burger, to the bread. I was like, oh, man. I second that. I was trying to think because I was like, you know what? Like, in all, in all realness, looking back at school lunch, like, I actually kind of liked it. But Sloppy Joe was the one food that I would pass it off to somebody else. And someone would always take it, which I was always surprised by. But 
Yeah, Sloppy Joe's, not for me. I kind of have to disagree. I mean, the public school that I went to, they didn't have Sloppy Joe's, but in kindergarten, we had Sloppy Joe's, and it was actually really good. Like, that's what made me get into Sloppy Joe's, so just wanted to say. Uh, but for me, I think my school offered bacon, mac, and cheese, but the thing was is that it was not cooked fully, so, like, the mac and cheese, you can see, like, shredded cheese and, like, clear outline, and it was so cold. It was just really nasty. And then the bacon, that was not bacon. The, I I don't want to say anything, but it was not bacon. It was something else. That was that was not real. For me, personally, I remember this specifically. We there, I forget what the main course meal was, but what really turned me off to the idea of school lunches was that they had a Tupperware of boiled sliced carrots and served it to us as a side. And I was like, okay, sure, I'll take it. Because in my mind, in my childlike mind, like, oh, these are sweets. These sweet carrots. Yeah, I'll take them. How do you manage to turn carrots bitter? I don't understand what, what went wrong with the boiling. And they were mushy. So that just, that was, it might not even be a full lunch, but that that is the worst experience I've ever had ever as a, in a school lunch. That? Sounds gross. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, how do you make carrots bitter? I thought carrots turned sweet when you cook them. So that's a mystery for another day. Did y'all guys, did you guys have anything raw or like spoiled? Because like, I'm not going to name my school, but my school, I swear, it was like at least once a month we had something raw or spoiled. I remember one time our chicken sandwiches, like we bit it and I'm like, that, that's pink in the middle. You guys want to go out for lunch? And like, we just, we left our food and we just went out for lunch. You could go out for lunch? You couldn't go out for lunch? No. 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 I was stuck in the cafeteria. In high school, you guys couldn't go out for lunch? No. no. I haven't been to high school. <laughs> okay, well, that aside. Okay, that, that aside, but really, because, like, freshman year, we weren't allowed to, but I had senior friends, so I could sneak out because I look like a senior in my freshman year. But, like, no, all the not, last... That's not a life on air. No, we don't want to get Yeah, the last three years of, like, high school, I could... They just let us out because I guess my school was too big. Like, if everyone ate in the lunchroom, like, we had enough chairs, but you were, like, shoulder to shoulder with someone. So. Wait, yeah. what What year? What do you mean what year? Because I know after a certain year, they cut that off. It's, like, actual, like, date? Um, 2015 to 2018. Mm-hmm. What year were we in high school, Angel? I was from 2018 to 2022. We, yeah, we were the same year. Yeah. And I, after that, they're like, nah. Nobody could go out. Are you s- my brother can go out. Yeah, in my high school, I, when I went, we couldn't allow to do that. But nowadays, you can go out for lunch. It's like, why Why wasn't that uh, the option? So okay, why are we talking about school? <laughs> I mean, and this relates to school lunches in some way. But well, like, wow. And now we're just talking about the privileges of getting to go out to <laughs> eat for lunch. I can feel Brian fuming at this. I can feel him. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I mean... I could escape the bad school lunch, okay? If I wanted, I could go get pizza, fries, burgers, whatever. I'm so sorry y'all were trapped in that lunchroom. You know, <laughs> when I ate something raw, it was the chicken nuggets. I took a bite. I'm like, this seems kind of cold. I look inside, and it's still pink. But you know what? I had to still deal with it because I couldn't go out for lunch. There was a time I didn't know the chicken nuggets were raw, and I just dogged my food. I just eat, eat it really fast. And by the time my friend sat down, he took a bite out of it. He's like, yo, there's pink in the middle. I'm like, what does that mean? They say it's raw. I'm like, oh, man. Dude, were you good after that? Yeah, no, I was chilling. Oh, Surprisingly, okay. I don't know. Cue the Gordon Ramsay uh, quote. Diego has the ability the to eat raw meat. Honestly, also, my school would, like, always give out, like, spoiled milks. And then, like, I would go up, like, to, like, with, like, my milk, like, opened and, like, straight to the lunch lady and be like, hey, can I get a new milk? They're like, you already got one. And I'm like, it's spoiled. They're like, so? I'm like, what do you mean, so? And I would be like, I'm getting a new milk. And I would, like, go to the line and just snatch one up. I'm like, I'm not drinking this spoiled milk. And I loved milk. I, I could drink, like, eight little cartons of milk during lunchtime. Milk is goaded. Yes, yes, it is. But, Did um, you guys like the chocolate milk 
or the regular milk? It depends. It really depends for me because it just depends on how I'm feeling because both are good and both have their own appeal. Well, there's chocolate, obviously chocolate, but milk is OG, so I, I really can't decide. They're both good. Honestly, it depended on what, like, lunch we had. Like, um, if it was a good lunch, which, like, what is y'all's best school lunch? But if it was a good lunch, um, for some reason, chocolate would hit better. Like, chocolate, what the best school lunch we had was, like, the spiky, spicy chicken sandwich and I'd slather it with mayo. Don't look at me like that, Angel. That's sweet. <laughs> it, was, it was really good. That was, like, the only good thing, like, my school had. And then they, like, served it for, like, almost a month straight, and then I got tired of it. But what was what was your best school lunch? You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Okay. Well, looking back, it's, like, really nasty, but my school had pizza rolls. Uh, sometimes it was undercooked and super cold. Sometimes it was super fresh. And then we had warm, uh, what's the red sauce? Marinara sauce. And it would be so good. And then they would give us, uh, sometimes we had the option between milk or juice. And then it was apple juice or fruit punch. Oh, man, that was, mm. I was living life there. Mm-mm-mm, yummers. <laughs> you had drink options? Yeah, I didn't have drink options. Well, this was a private school, so this wasn't oh, a public okay. school. Yeah, I'm sorry. How? He's bougie. All oh, right, man. privileged, I see. What about what about you, Jeremiah? What was your best school lunch? It's incredibly basic. Pizza Fridays. And it wasn't Ooh. only... It wasn't a weekly thing. Like, it was like every three weeks, they would, like, have these boxed square pizzas that you could tell were like, oh, you guys got these in bulk. These... You didn't you didn't make pizzas. You got these from a supplier because it would just eat... It would be in this crappy, like, cardboard tin. And then it just... You opened it, the cheese would stick to the cardboard. So you sometimes had like a cardboard cheese sausage pizza. And the sausages are like little cubes of mystery meat. That like that is the best you'll ever get at, from my school. And the second best would be um, popcorn chicken, which is just chicken in little balls. I don't know how they got the chicken into perfect little balls and then breaded them. That's cause for concern. But uh, yeah, those are my two best school meals. Honestly, it's so crazy because as you're describing that pizza, I knew exactly which one you were talking about. And I hated that pizza simply because everyone at my table would get the ranch and just slather it on there like <clears throat> like an icing, just nothing but ranch. And I was like, why are you eating it like that? It made me like dread pizza day because all you smell is ranch in the lunchroom. Wow. As someone who hates, wait, do you not like ranch? I don't like ranch. Okay. Hey, Twinsies. <laughs> um, Jeremiah reminded me like how Pizza Friday wasn't every week. My elementary school had every two weeks would have a salad bar. So you could get like the main stuff, like the say for example, the pizza rolls and like, you know, your side and then like the fruit, or you can go for the salad bar. I always went for the salad bar because it was just fruit. I, I would not eat, like, the leaves, like, your typical salad. I would just get the fruit, like, the blueberries, the strawberries, and grapes, and that would be my lunch for the day. Your school was so good. Like, my, my school had a salad bar. It just had, like, leaves, like, vegetables. We didn't have no fruit. Oh. Everyone stole the, crou- the croutons from it, and I was oh, one yeah, of those the, people. Everyone, oh, okay. Yeah. It Did, had leaves, she said. <laughs> Did your salad bar have uh, hard-boiled eggs? No, but oh. my high school did serve that, and it would just be weird because they would already be like. Sometimes they would be full like eggs, and sometimes they would be cut, and they would just like have them there like <laughs> in like a little tray on ice. And I'm like, I'm I don't trust that. <laughs> I'm not eating that. My favorite school lunch was the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and I used to just go back and forth. I used to go back in line and not scan my ID, and just grab some and then walk out of line, just so I could get like three chicken sandwiches. Then I used to get like three milks with it. Mmm. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, so you had a scan for your lunch? Like yeah, the card? I had a scan every single time. Wait, did you like guys have to scan as well? High school, I had to scan. Middle school, we had lunch cards with our, like, student ID and name. And, like, if you didn't have one, you had to stand at the end of the line and write down your whole, like, first name, last name, student ID number. 
Are they tracking you down there? Yeah. Do you remember your student ID number? I'm not going to say it why on the radio. I don't know why I feel like that's private information. <laughs> For me, like in high school, we had to scan our ID cards, but I always brought my own lunch. So the days where I would forget lunch and had to go up there, I would be so terrified. I'm like, oh my God, what, like, what, what, what do I do? And then sometimes I would forget my ID too. The days where I forgot my school lunch and my school ID, those are the days where I just sat in the lunchroom and be like, man. Have some crisp air photosynthesis. Yummers. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, so you used to bring lunch? Yeah, I used to bring lunch all the time. I hate, so, I hate this guy. So, uh, kind of a story. So, I went to two high schools. I transferred my gen- junior. My first high school had microwaves, and I was living it up because I would just bring leftovers. So, like, uh, my favorite were, like, uh, fish sticks and rice. I would sometimes bring soup and then just microwave and boom, like that. My second high school didn't have a microwave, so I would be forced to bring, like, sandwiches and, like, regular PB and J's, which is not bad because, you know, I'm still bringing my own food, but it's like I really missed the microwave where I can just have leftovers and boom, there's my lunch. So, yeah. Honestly, yeah. My my high school, middle school didn't have any microwaves, and my college had, like, four in total, like, unless you had, like, traveled to a whole other building. And I was like, I had to wait in line for a microwave? That's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, the microwaves at school. Oh, my goodness. People would, like, go at it for just to get them. Oh, like, oh, it's your food. I remember... Uh, we had two microwaves at my first high school. People would put like five of their foods at once just to share it because it's like we have a limited time, you know, hurry it up. So I have good memories of like getting out my rice and it would just smell like mac and cheese. I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, at least I'm eating. <laughs> How good was the rice that smelled like mac and cheese? It was my mom's rice, so it was really, really good. Got it. Speaking of mom's rice, tell her I miss her, Angel. Uh, so sorry. <laughs> but talking about like home food, what I guess I'm trying to transition to, I guess, home food versus um, delivered food. And I want to ask you guys, what makes you guys want to eat out compared to like eating at home? Está comida la casa, but like, let's be real. Convenience. Elaborate, Jeremiah. The fact that you can just go, like majority of like the restaurants here, you can just go and sit down, have someone take your order, and then immediately get the food after what, a 15 minute wait? It's solely built on a matter of convenience, which is not bad per se. But I feel like it's one of the major factors, like fast food chains exists just for, to satisfy the human need for convenience of like, oh, I want this now just because I want it now. That's just my opinion on it. But I guess what I'm trying to ask is like there's food at home, but like you want something else. You want fast food. What, what kind of goes into that decision of like, I just want this? For me, I have three different siblings at home, not to mention a mom and a dad. So the food is sometimes like, and we eat a lot. So sometimes when I'm like, oh, I want the leftovers to go towards my siblings, I just eat out. And then, so that's like, and then not only that, but at school, especially when I forget lunch, I'm like, I'm not, I can't starve. Like I need to eat, especially during college. So I just, I just eat out. Oh, that's kind of nice with the siblings. For me and my brother, like sometimes we'll just look at each other like, like do you want to cook? No. And, like, I know he's not going to cook. I was like, you know what? You just, like, real sneaky. Like, you want to go half and half for a pizza. Like, we did this one time when my mom was home. And she's like, I'm not cooking today. And I didn't want to cook either. So I was like, I went to my brother's room. Because I was like, we told my mom, hey, you like, we want to get a pizza. And we asked her, like, you want to get a pizza? Like, you want to go, like, you know, one-thirds on the price? She's like, no, I want to do that. It's so, okay. We went to his room very sneakily. Boop, 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 boop. Can I get a pizza? And we ate it. And she was like, how dare you guys? And we're like, well, look, okay, we didn't want to cook. You didn't want to cook. We didn't have no grilled dinner in the house. So we're like, we're, we're just ordering out. So that's like what plays into it. Just kind of like the, I'm too tired. I'm too tired. And I want something like, I want that. I want that outside food flavor. It got that spice into it. 
You could say it was convenient. Yes. <laughs> But that's so funny, too, because I remember whenever, like, my parents would cook something that I don't like and I wanted to eat, I would order food and I'd ask the driver to go to my window. And I opened the window and they'd, like, look at me, like, all, like, dumbfounded. And I'm like, it's, I don't want anyone to know that I'm ordering out. You got to understand. They're like, oh, okay. And they gave me the food. And that was really convenient. <laughs> Uh, for me, during the pandemic, when I had to order food, because my I, I love my parents, but sometimes it was really repetitive. What like tinga chicken? We had that like, like four times a week. I'm like, okay, I needed like some outside food, so I would let my dogs out, be like, oh, I'm taking the dogs out, and then be in front with the delivery, like, hey, thank you, thank you, and then put it underneath my coat, and then just run back into my room to eat the food. Because the first time they did catch me, I did get a lecture. It's like, why are you ordering eating out? You know, we have food here. I'm just like, I just I was really craving hot dogs and fries, so yeah. To elaborate on that, yeah, it's just sometimes you have these cravings for different things. And yeah, well, no. But um, for me personally, it's Wingstop. Getting those boneless original hot wings and just, yeah, that's, I just I just really want those those hot wings. Just why, why wouldn't I order them? I usually share them with my sister because um, she also has my same taste for hot, spicy stuff. Um, she actually surpasses it. But uh, yeah, it's just sometimes you have those cravings and you just, you got to get it. Sometimes I would order out when, because pozole lasts a long time and you would have to eat that for days, for days. And sometimes I'm like, but for the last day, I'm like, I can't eat this no more. And I, one time I ordered Domino's pizza and my room is all the way at the end of the the house. So I had to walk, I have to walk to my family's room, my mom's room. I got to walk past my sister's room. So I just try hiding a big box of Domino's pizza. And then one time I was about to go into my room and my mom's like, get the NSA. And I'm like, oh man. I turn around and then she just calls my sisters and she's like, oh, Diego brought pizza for everybody. I'm like, yeah, I did. And so I had to share with them. Wow, what a great brother. (laughs) Such pure intentions that were definitely the intentions. Okay, so uh, moving on, would you guys eat the same thing for a few days in a row? Like, for example, I said I got tired of Dinga constantly. So like, would there be a food you guys can last on for days? Probably also like I think pozole too. Well, that's the thing with like the like the white corn, right? Yeah, like yeah. my mom like she, she doesn't make it like like a lot, but when she makes it, she's like, all right, I'm gonna make the biggest oil we have, and she's like, you're gonna eat this for days, and like day one, two, three, I'm here for it. Day four and five, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in some chips in here. Like I'll I'll order food, but then I'll feel bad that I'm like not eating the food we have, and so I'll just mix them together. Like I'm dipping my pizza in the pozole or my chips or like my torta or whatever. That's so funny because you're right. I never heard of, like, anyone making pozole in, like, a small pot. It's always, like, that big, like, half-your-body pot that's, like, going to last you the whole week, which, I'll honestly, I'll gladly eat. When I was younger, my mom traded a, my puppy for a big olla, <laughs> like a super big olla, and I got so sad. But then we, she made, like, great pozole out of that, so I was like, it's kind of worth it. So... <laughs> so the training of your puppy was worth it for the pot well yeah because we still have that pot right now you could have still had the dog <laughs> you're right, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you could have still had the puppy the mom really went and said this dog's life is worth a pot dog is temporary pozole is forever <laughs> Diego are you okay yep. did the dog have a name no we just got like the puppy that evening <laughs> <laughs> and then my mom's like, oh, the senora's selling some ollas and I don't have money, so 
I'm going to offer the dog. It just makes the story so much worse. <laughs> all right, all right. I think that concludes this discussion. <laughs> I'm so sorry for that, Diego. But yeah, that's, that's how we're going to wrap this up, I think. Up next, I think it's going to be cooking failures. Um, okay, so let's veer so towards a wholesome and something that's not around dogs. Um, hi, let's change it up a bit and start focusing on not our proudest moments when it comes into the kitchen. Our next topic will be centered on our cooking failures. So, what was y'all's first cooking failure? I forget if this was my first or not, but mine would just plainly be white rice. Like, I cannot cook a pot of white rice to save my life. I remember my mom trying to t- teach me, and I just, I can't. I can't. Like, I try. I don't know the ratios. They say two to one cups of water to rice or like, and then I'm just like, no, it's one to one. And then I'm over here trying to find like the golden ratio of rice to water. And I, I still can't. Like, I used the Instapot and my whole family roast me like, what kind of Puerto Rican woman doesn't know how to make white rice? Um, and that's like a failure. I've literally tried for years. And every time it's either underdone, overdone or somehow both. My grandma has a similar story where she says like, you better, she said her kids, which was my mom, her brother, and her, her sister, he said, you all better learn how to cook a good rice by the time you're 10 years old. If you can't cook a rice by the time you're 10 years old, you do not get to call yourself Mexican. Y- yes, 10 years old, she was drilling this into them. You better be able to cook a good rice, I swear. And yeah, that's, uh, that just reminded me of that, your little story. But to get back on track, Angel. Would, is microwaving microwave foods a cooking failure? Like, does that count? Because I have a story for that. If you somehow mess it up, yes. Yes, well, I did mess Hey, you know, at the age of <laughs> at the age of nine, okay, it's possible to mess it up. So I had uh, those microwavable mac and cheese, the one that comes in cups. Um, so I uh, obviously opened the cup, and then I pulled a packet out of the cheese, and then I just put it into the microwave. Obviously, I'm missing a step. I'm missing the water. So I go into my room, putting it into the microwave, and the next thing you know, I just hear my mom screaming in the kitchen, oh my goodness, there's a fire. So I rush out of my room, and I just see black smoke rise from the microwave. The microwave is going beep, beep, beep. So I kind of blanked out. I can't forget how we solved it, but what I do remember is my mom just opening the microwave, and then the macaroni inside the mac and cheese cup, it was just like a black rock. Like it was burnt. It was gone. Their microwave like hat like it's burnt all around. So we had to get a new one. Uh, but yeah, that's probably my most obvious cooking failure. Uh, ever since then, I've just been so scared of microwave mac and I just cook it at this point. I'm too scared to microwave it. You, you made the microwave microwave itself. Yeah, I the, the great power of what a nine-year-old was zero intelligence and, micro, and mac and cheese can do. The Yo. first... The first time I messed up, I was 15, and I ne- we never had a, a working oven before, and we finally bought, like, a, a stove with an oven on it. But I didn't know how to use it still because my mom put bags, just bags in the stove, just, just so we could have, like, space for bags. So then I tried making chicken tenders, and I got, like, crushed up the frosting, the frosting flakes, the frosted flakes, and I put, like, the chicken. And then I didn't know how the oven, I didn't know you had to preheat it. I didn't know any of these things, so I just put a temperature. And I, I, I guess I didn't start it. And so when I took them out, I'm like, this feels really weird. But they, I did everything I said to do. And I took a bite of it, out of it, and it was like just raw chicken. And I got I had food poisoning for a while, but it's okay though. It happened. Did you live? Oh yeah. I don't know. It's really up to interpretation at that point. But I think one of my cooking failures, it's not my first one, even though a lot of my first ones are just like baking failures. Like I, again, the math just isn't mathing sometimes in my brain. And baking is such like a delicate process. But 
one of the like I guess my most recent cooking failures that I remember right now is that I was trying to invent something. I don't know who I thought I was, but I was like, I can I can be the little rat from Ratatouille, you know, like this is Remy, <laughs> Remy. Remy the rat. His name is Remy. But I was like, let me improvise something. And I was like, I, I cooked I cut some potatoes. I think I put some egg in there. I tried to season it. Did not. It did, at the end of it, I was like, wow, this doesn't taste like anything. Which was like, wow, my a whole thirty minutes to an hour to cook this, and it it went to nothing. And I remember my parents came back home, and I was like, oh my god, I gotta discard the evidence. I can't let them know that I was cooking in the kitchen. <laughs> And I tried to tell my dad about it or my parents because I was, like, really ashamed. And I was, like, trying to, like, hide the food. And they were, like, oh, like, what are you up to? Like, what are you cooking? And I was, like, you don't want to know. And I was, like, I'm just really kind of upset because it just didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. And my dad was, like, oh, like, that's fine. Like, that's just how cooking works. And I was, I don't know why I was so surprised to hear that. I was, like, expecting them to, like, be, like, wow, really? Like, they kind of make fun of me for it. But they were really understanding. And that really, like, helped me, like, heal from that 30-minute cooking process. Shout out your parents for understanding. I know. Yeah. Who, who could have guessed? Speaking of parents being the saviors, um, I almost bled out by cutting myself <laughs> on my finger. And I the, the, thing, the thing that makes it most embarrassing, um, when I was five, like, sure, leeway, but it, it, was, it was a tangerine. I tried cutting a tangerine as a five-year-old with a knife. Because oh. I thought that was how you did it. And I thought I was like, oh, it's just a smaller orange. Let me do it. Mom. Yeah, Jared, what's up? Why? I can see the bone. And I still have a scar there to this day of where I cut my uh, middle finger. Is that so, a cooking failure or is that just a failure? Um, I don't know. Young five-year-old Jeremiah was becoming a future chef trying to cook something up with a tangerine. So I consider that a cooking failure. <laughs> I tried, man. I tried so hard. Do you have like... Like, do you look at tangerines the same? And do you, do you like tangerines still? I bite them and then I peel them. That's okay. what I do now. I'm like, I have a vengeance. I now have a vengeance. It's no longer his uh, <laughs> middle finger getting ruined. It's his teeth now. Yep. <laughs> I also had this one story. I never knew. Every single time I saw oatmeal, I was like, that looks really thick. But when I made my oatmeal, it did not look like that at all. Oh, no. So one time my friend came over and I, he slept over. We woke up. I was like, oh, you want some breakfast? He's like, yeah. So I was like, oh, I'll go. I'll go get you some breakfast. I grabbed the bowl, and I grabbed my three packets of oatmeal, and I poured them all in there. Then I poured the milk, and I handed it to him. He's like, what is this? Because it just looks like a, a bowl of milk. I'm like, oh, it's oatmeal. And I grab my spoon, and I dip it in there, and I just show him the oatmeal that's in there. And he's like, what is this? And he showed me that you can microwave the oatmeal, which makes it suck up the milk, and it becomes thicker. And I never knew that was a thing, so that's cool. It's on. It's isn't it on the instructions of the oatmeal. I never read the instructions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this has been an hour of a show <laughs> of let us cook. Stay where you are because we have more delicious content coming up. Where we'll have a cook off between Diego uh, and me, a special interview with Dragon, and another interview with a very special guest. We'll be back after this short break. Thank you. Hi, hello, hey! My name's E. Rodriguez, and welcome back to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio. If you've been keeping up, we've dove into girl dinner, girl dinner and the history of celebrity meals. Now we're starting off with another recipe from yours truly. This one is by far my favorite meal. It's un torta de milanesa. It was one of the first dishes I learned to cook. First, you gotta practice your Spanish and order some milanesa de pollo at the butcher counter because I don't know why my Spanish is so broken. They ask me a question, I lose track. 
Second, I also would buy sour cream, a can of fried beans, that expensive chihuahua cheese, avocado, and of course, the torta bread. That's really important, do not forget. Third, cooking the milanesa is actually pretty easy to cook and just with like a pan and some oil. Just flip until golden and toast the bread. The rest is pretty self-explanatory, just topping it off with everything you like in a torta. And that's it. If I can do it, you can most definitely do it. I'd like to thank my friend Mason who cooked it with me. Have fun cooking. Now, let's continue with an interview from, you guessed it, yours truly. Wow, I can truly do it all. I got the chance to interview someone very close to me. My father, who was a cook himself for a bit. Let's tune in. Hi, hello, hey. This is E. Rodriguez with the they, them pronouns. Here in concept, but not in theory. Cooking. Love it or hate it, it's necessary to survive. Today, I have the honor of interviewing the man, the myth, the legend. Mi nombre es José Rodríguez. Nací en, en Jalisco, México. Tengo 62 años. He literally invented cooking. He's also my dad. What? No way. I know that guy. Huh? Now, my dad had told me he was previously a chef for a good two years of his life. I just didn't realize until sitting down with him that it was a really long time ago. Well, preparaban los tacos, hamburguesas, hot dogs, and el pepe's tacos. La fecha de cuando empecé a cocinar. Sí, pues. Es cuando en el en el 79 que llegué aquí a Chicago. How old were you? Uh, 17. And unfortunately, he doesn't really remember much. But the one thing he does remember is his favorite part of the gig. What you like about it? Los tacos. <laughs> but what I did manage to find out is that this job was my dad's first ever experience with cooking. Pues cómo cómo aprendiste a cocinar? Cómo viendo viendo cómo cómo lo hacían. Yo 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 aprendí a hacer todo lo que lo que hacían en el restaurante. Después. Y primero yo viendo, después yo hacía todo. Nomás cocinaba en el trabajo. Although my dad's experience being a chef might be blurry, he definitely has a lot of experience cooking. He had eight mouths to feed and 13 plus grandchildren to feed too. You can do the math, but we all know that's a lot of mouths to feed. Do you get tired cooking? No. ¿No? While hearing that, I was kind of questioning where that patience for cooking went to because it certainly wasn't me. ¿Qué es lo que es más difícil para cuando vas a empezar a cocinar? Pues difícil, difícil, no es nada. ¿eh? Todo, 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 todo está ahí. Teniendo todo, todo es fácil. I think my dad has been cooking for so long for so many people that cooking is just an instinct now. Es que, que, que será difícil. Mm -hmm. La mala verdad que no, 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 no recuerdo nada de eso, ¿eh? Oh, wow. No. You're just amazing. <laughs> todo está fácil. Todo, todo. No es nada difícil cocinar, ¿eh? 
a veces inventas, inventas cosas para hacer y es una cosa u otra, pero algo que yo invité. Uh -huh. mm. Tampoco, no, no recuerdo. <risa> <risa> no recuerdo tampoco. Hija. Está bien. So, in hearing how much of a pro my dad is, I decided to ask him for advice. Not only for me, but for y'all. But mostly for me, because I'd be activating the fire alarm so much. Consejo? Yeah. Para cocinar? Yeah. Eh, consejo es que, que, que siempre el, el, el mejor sabor se lo da a las especies, que, que, que le recomiendo el ajo para todo, porque el ajo da mucho sabor a las comidas. Si te sale mal, pues es empezar a hacer otra cosa y dar lo que no sirve a la, a la basura y empezar a hacer otra cosa. Lo que hay que pasar de comer, bueno. mm -hmm. porque la comida tiene que estar como quiera. Sea, sea o no sea, tiene que estar todo el tiempo a la hora más o menos lista no vas a, no porque es algo más algo más ya vas a tirar todo, ya no vas a hacer nada tienes que hacer algo and apart from my dad's many years of experience cooking, I think another reason why I wanted to interview him was because growing up, he would always try to tell me that food was important ¿Qué es, ¿por qué es importante para comer? Porque la, la, la comida es, es, alimenta el cuerpo y el cuerpo tiene que estar bien nutrido para hacer todos sus, sus trabajos del día. Sus, un cuerpo bien nutrido está, está más... Está más eh, ¿Cómo se puede decir? Más listo para cualquier cosa del día. Eh, está andando fuerte para hacer cualquier cosa. Comer a sus horas es bien importante. I used to get that lecture a lot as a kid, and now looking back, my dad was right. I think this goes to show that eating what you need is important, and with that goes with cooking. It goes hand in hand. I think hearing about my dad's story and how he came up from a family that could only afford to eat beans and only learning how to cook at 17 when he immigrated here, it's a very eye-opening experience to hear. And it definitely makes me more thankful for my parents for always cooking and providing. And it also encourages me to keep on learning how to cook, even though it might be frustrating. And soon enough, I'll be a pro, just like my parents. Gracias, papá, por todo. Te quiero muchísimo. And with that, I'm signing off. <laughs> wait, do you smell that? Hey, wait, wait. Hello again. Hope y'all enjoyed my audio piece. This segment with my dad made me remember how picky I was as a child. I was a kid who just wanted chicken nuggets. Um, I once ordered it in a Mexican restaurant and my family has not let me live it down since. <laughs> um, but let me open the floor to y'all. What are some of y'all favorite dishes? And I'll start off with my favorite jazz. Um, my favorite dish growing up? Honestly, like when I'm gonna talk about like small, small, small. I don't know why, but mashed potatoes and gravy. Like, that was, like, the only thing I wanted to eat some days. Go to Popeye's, go to KFC, just out and about. Mashed potatoes and gravy. That's the only thing I wanted. Mashed potatoes and gravy. That sounds honestly very tasty. How about you, Diego? I like gravy a lot. Yeah, I'm sorry to copy your answer, Jasmine. I just I like gravy I was about to say that's illegal. I'm sorry. That's the first thing that came to mind. I know it sounds very similar to Jasmine's uh, mashed potatoes and gravy. But for me, every time I go to a buffet... I always get mashed potatoes and fries. And see, I don't, I, I'll, I'll explain this later, but I don't like dipping salt, like ketchup or mustard or anything like that. I, I really don't like those. So every time I go to a buffet, 
I grab the French fries and I dip it in mashed potatoes. And it's just like potato extravaganza. Uh, that was my favorite growing up and to this day. You get me in a buffet and that's all I'm going to eat. I can get, I can dog like three plates of those and it's just so bomb. Oh, and I also, uh, growing up, I also really liked my grandma's arroz con leche. It's so bomb. And yeah, I, I wish I knew how to cook it. I got to ask her for the recipe. That sounds so good. I know my dad likes to make um, arroz con leche. He used to do it when I think the milk was going bad. And like, there was like, going to expire soon. So he would just do it all in one batch and it'd be so good. What about you, Jer? Give me an original answer. If I hear potatoes, I'm going to go crazy. So imagine this. Your mom takes you to Pete's Market and you see it on the shelf. Your fair food shelved in the can. You can't wait to eat as you go home. You go home and you crack open the can and there it is. A can of warm, delicious air soup. You pour that out onto a bowl and it just floats. It's almost as if it floats away straight into your mouth. You dip the spoon and you hear nothing as you keep scooping over and over. The sustenance not filling anything in your stomach. But deep down, you know this is as good as it's going to get. Oh, and also a chocolate cake. I am very uncomfortable. I wish you just said mashed potatoes. Um, and just... I, said, I said chocolate cake. I said chocolate cake. Uh, you're, you're on thin ice, Jer. But <laughs> next all... question, though. Or, Jer, you want to say something? Yeah, with all due respect, who's going to stop me? Continue. You're fired, Jared. Pack up your things. This is your two-week... This is not your two-week notice. your two-second notice. But before you leave, Jer, what is a dish that maybe you hated growing up? I strangely did, had a like a weird fixation with like hating green beans and green peas. I don't know if this is like something common. I f- I'm pretty sure it is, but I just would not eat them. They, they, you could not pay me to eat them. They were just so unappealing, so unappetizing. And yeah, that's I just I have a personal vendetta against them. I will defend broccoli though to my last breath. Broccoli is delicious. I have to disagree. At least growing up, broccoli was disgusting. It was disgusting unless it was covered with cheese. And I stand by that. I, I don't know. I had beef with broccoli growing up, lettuce, tomato, um, green beans. But I think that's every kid. And candules, which, like again, I'm Puerto Rican. And my family would be like, why are you eating rice with candules if you're picking out all of the candules? And I was like, I like the flavor they give the rice, but I don't like them themselves, which is pigeon peas in English for people who don't know what candules are. But you're wrong, Dave. I mean, Jeremiah, you're nah, broccoli's not it. Jasmine, Jasmine, listen, I can agree with you on some points. Yes, broccoli with cheese is goaded and amazing. However, you're gonna have to take back what you said about broccoli not being good by itself. That that stuff is amazing, you're telling bro. Me, amazing. You're telling me as a little kid, you're like, mm, let me just get this piece of raw broccoli or st- whatever, steamed broccoli and just no salt, no pepper, raw broccoli. Yum, yes. yum, 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 yum. Yes, it was one of my comfort foods. And then it became asparagus. And then it became bok choy. And then it became spinach. And then it went back to bok choy. Do I need to go on? No judgment, but you have some of the weirdest comfort foods I've ever heard. Or hey. the healthiest comfort foods I ever heard. I mean, they got worse over time. Now it's ramen and um, pan, de la, pan de dulces. You're de-evolving. <laughs> yep, de-evolving. <laughs> I think one dish that I hated, like I absolutely couldn't stand, was just like frijoles, um, which my dad would constantly yell at me about. Because he'd be like, he'd always tell me that, um, you know, when he was growing up, he didn't have anything else to eat. So we, I should be grateful for these frijoles, which made me feel really bad. But I just, I couldn't. And 
he'd always like he was one of those parents that were like you're not gonna leave this table until you eat that bowl and I'm like I'm staying here for a couple hours and I'm staying strong until he's like you know what just go to your room but what about you Diego any food that you hated growing up I really disliked the arroz con leche and flan I didn't like flan at all because I was like this is really sweet and I could I, every single time my mom made it I, I enjoy it now but before I was like I do not like this is too sweet you're sort of real for that i i feel like there was some like there was a definitely like a shock that went across the room because who you're pretty were you did you like just not like sweet things when you were growing up yeah yeah were and, you always about like vegetables and stuff no it's because i get really hyper when i eat sugar and so my mom tried taking that away from me and then i got used to it and then i was like when i tried something sweet i'm like this is really sweet and because i get I used to get really hyper and then when I tried flan and arroz con leche, I'm like, this is really sweet. I do not like this. But I wasn't healthy at all because I still ate chips all the time. Uh, could I talk about things that I hated? Because there is a whole list. But there is uh, redemption. Uh, growing up in my teenage years, I had sushi. I did not like it. Two months ago, I tried sushi again and I loved it. And I'm really craving sushi right now. Um, I also didn't like Puerto Rican food. And that was mainly because my mom cooks so much Puerto Rican food and I just got really tired of it. Uh, but recently, uh, with the help of Jasmine and Ariandi, I'm like, wow, what? maybe maybe my mom ruined my experience of Puerto Rican food because it's actually really, really good. It's a restaurant. I did not like a place called Huck Fins. Uh, and then I just went there this past Halloween. It was so, so good. I completely dogged that. One thing that I have never liked and probably will never like uh, is, as I said previously, sauces. So like ketchup, ranch, mustard. I have never liked those. Every time I eat those, I uh, throw up. And I don't, I don't see myself just ever enjoying those. But yeah, those are... A lot. I'm. I'm happy that a lot of the things I did not like, I ended up liking. That is so real. Enough of that good talk. Let's get into some serious, intense cook off. You're about to listen to an audio piece where Diego and Jeremiah, two of the best, two of the best. What's up, chefs? Go head to head in the world-renowned 2023 cook off challenge. Hello. My name is Jeremiah, and the dish I prepared today is assorted rice buns. To start, I first mix water and yeast into a bowl, and make sure the yeast dissolves into the water. Setting that water-yeast mixture aside, I added regular flour, rice flour, and powdered sugar, and a little salt into a bowl. Then I mix it up till it all combined. While mixing, I added the water-yeast mixture from before, and added it to the mixing. When all the water had been added, I started kneading the dough till it was nice and glossy and could hold its shape. Once it had been kneaded, I let it sit in the fridge for one and a half hours. After that, I rolled it out and cut it into 12 equal sizes and began filling each one with different fillings. I chose ground beef, sweet red beans, and tuna. Finally, I put them in a bamboo steamer so that they would double in size. All that was left to do was let them cool and enjoy. Hello. Yeah, I'm the second contestant. I'm gonna show you guys how to make some cupcakes. 
So the first thing you're gonna want to do is go to the Dollar Tree and buy the ingredients. So we're gonna buy cupcake mix and cupcake ice. That's all. So then you're gonna make sure you have a clear area in the kitchen to start cooking, and then we're gonna start cooking. So what I like to do is get the blender ready, put the cupcake mix in the blender. Then we're gonna add eggs, whole milk, and instead of butter, I use oil. But you can use whatever you want. It really doesn't. Them. And then I blend it up. Now that you've got the batter, you can add it to the trays. But before we do that, we gotta add the paper to each individual tray. And then that's what we're gonna do. So now you got the cupcake batter. And before you put the batter in the trays, you're gonna get the cupcake liners. And then you gotta just put the batter into the cupcake liners. It's not rocket science, but like some people just don't know. And then we're gonna bake the cupcakes and put them in the oven. So you're gonna wanna bake them for like 15 to 20 minutes in the oven, preheated to 350 Fahrenheit. And I normally don't check them, I just eat them. So after 15 minutes, they normally should be good. Time to eat. Take them out the oven. But then we can't forget the frost. We can't forget the frosting and to decorate. So that's what we're gonna do. So we get the Dollar Tree frosting and just put it on the cupcakes. And we're gonna add some violet sprinkles. Just, just to make it nice. Make the judges feel like they're special, but they ain't special. And that's all for my cooking. There you go. There's not really anything to it, but they're just cupcakes. Whatever. Judge time! Uh, real quick, first impressions. Uh, for presentation, uh, atrocious. My cupcake is squished, bent, and got a dent in the icing. Uh, yeah, first impression. Honestly, it doesn't look like dollar store cupcakes. It looks like you went to, like, you know, at least Julasco, you know? That's, like, sort of classy. And I saw it before it was squished, and before you kind of sliced it up like this. I don't know what happened here. But it actually looks pretty good. The red velvet is, you know, red. There's, like, uh, red crumbs red is that red velvet crumbs on top of it i think it looks pretty good now the, the frosting kind of looks like the cream cheese one i know it's not it's gonna disappoint me but like i love that this definitely looks store-bought though i um question the validity of this entry but let's have a taste we're gonna have to see a receipt later honestly first bite in it tastes pretty good like again it doesn't taste like a dollar store cupcake i'm kind of surprised by this you did say there's like a surprise in there which i'm kind of scared about for some reason like it's a bomb in there or something. <laughs> but so far it's pretty good. I just got to the surprise, which is um more frosting on the inside. Honestly, it's pretty good. It's not too sweet. You know, I don't feel like I immediately need to grab a cup of milk to eat this. I think it's a great point, Jazz. It's not too sweet. I think frosting has like the the problem of just being too sweet. We have to like wipe it off. But this is this is pretty tolerable. I like this actually. Alright, so let's say one to five stars, what are you giving it? I'm giving it a three point five, honestly. Honestly? I'm around the same ballpark. I'll give it a, a 3.8 out of 5. Yeah, it's moist. It's it honestly tastes pretty fresh. And the, honestly, the, the crumbling on top really adds to the whole decor of it. I don't know what the word is, but looks good. And the presentation is adorable. It's in cute pink Tupperware. They're nice and warm. Jeremiah's turn. First impression, it's pretty soft. Honestly, like it's 
It's honestly just like really soft. So I'm, I'm really appreciative of that. Like I just want to eat the whole thing in one bite. The red bean paste, I can't really taste the flavor of, but it's warm, it's soft, it's what I need. I got the tuna one. Honestly, it's really good. A little salty, but I'm not mad at it. I'm over here munching. So to clarify, I got the red bean paste one and then Jazz got the tuna one. We just switched halfway. Let's go. I like the tuna one a lot better. That's funny because I like the red bean one more. <laughs> Want to see if we can grab a beef one? Mm. The beef one, delicious. Honestly, you can see this contestant put a lot of work and love into their dish. I am loving everything about it. The beef is actually really good. And I was actually pretty excited when Jared was saying that he was gonna bring rice buns. So I'm living for this. Like it, it does not disappoint. All right, now that we've tasted all three of the different flavored rice buns, what would you give this dish a one to five stars? I would say like a four, 4.5, honestly, maybe five. I would give this dish a uh, 4.8. Honestly, almost perfect. Both contestants put almost the equal amount of work into their dish, but only one came up above the other. And now, E, would you like to do the honors of announcing the winner? You know, it was it was some tough competition out here, I gotta admit. But I think Jer really took the cake, or should I say the rice buns in this competition. Jer, congrats, you won. You're moving up in the world. <laughs> We will not be competing for this, but thank you so much for these delicious meals from Jer and Diego. We appreciate it so much. And Jer, can I have some more? Thanks. Well now, that was a wonderful cook-off. Now we steer away from our competitive spirits and go back to the very beginning. Today, we shall talk about our first introduction or experience with cooking. I'm joined here today with my peers. Can you introduce yourselves? Oh, wait, you've already done that. So, do any of you cook at home? I personally, well, actually, depends on how you define cooking. I cook stuff out of the box or out of the bag. I don't do any of that scrap stuff. Um, but I want to. I really want to, like, learn my parents' like, family dishes and stuff. But mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, cake, all from the box. And they all taste so good. I also cook at home. Um, Some, like, you know, like, handmade. Some from the box. It's kind of like a like 50 50 almost depending how i'm feeling that day uh but i cook like literally like five days a week and on on some days i'm just so tired of cookings i just make egg and beans most of the time are they good egg and beans yeah i like the yolk and then i put ketchup on the yolk mm. you, you cook the eggs first right yeah yeah i cook the eggs <laughs> yeah like with a pan right <laughs> yeah with a pan and then i spray down the butter nice then nice. i crack the eggs me personally, it comes down to a matter of what is it I'm cooking and if I have time to actually cook it. And also, am I motivated to cook at the moment? Generally, on a good day, I'll try to experiment. Like, ooh, let me try a new recipe today. Or maybe I can, I don't know, go back to a comfort dish. Or it'll be like a boy dinner day where I'm like, hey, let's eat ramen. And nothing but ramen for the entire day because you only ate once and it was at 8 o'clock in the morning. Angel, what about you? Um, the only thing that I cook consistently is scrambled eggs. Uh, one time I did make Alfredo and it was actually really good. Like it turned out better than I expected. But yeah, those are like the only, the one time I did actually try to tackle a real like homemade recipe was lemon spaghetti and it went horrible. I messed up the recipe so bad. It, I overdid it. I overdid it with the lemon. It was too sour. It was too sweet. The noodles were undercooked. They were a bit hard. Uh, and then ever since then, I just had a fear of cooking. Follow up to that. In regards to everyone else, what was your first dish that you ever tr attempted to cook? 
even if you don't cook, I'm assuming you must have at least tried to cook one thing in your lives. So what was what was the first experience? I think mine was like by myself was an Alfredo dish, like pasta Alfredo with chicken. And I was so terrified because, you know, chicken, if you don't cook it right, you die or something. I don't know. The house explodes or something. Something, something, something happens. But I was so terrified that, like, if I cooked it for my family or someone else, like, they would get sick off of it. So I had, like, an intense fear. But um, so I ended up overcooking the, ch- the chicken. But the pasta was still pretty good. Um, For me, I think the first dish, like, I tried cooking by myself. Like, this was when I was, like, really young. So it's something really simple. Um, would be egg in the middle, which is, like, literally just, like, you hollow out a little piece of bread. And you crack an egg in there and cook it like that with some cheese on top. Um, And I, um, I failed. I failed because... I forgot to turn on the stove. <laughs> My grandma like came upstairs and was like, "Me, how the stove isn't on? What are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm trying to cook breakfast for myself." It was bad, but I mean, it turned out well once I got the stove on. The first thing that I tried cooking was chicken tenders, and but I didn't know how to use the oven, and I I didn't know the chicken was still raw when I bit into it, and I ate raw chicken. It was okay. It tasted slimy. Uh, the first thing I ever cooked. And I was so scared of cooking it that I literally FaceTimed my friend so they can be there to provide some comfort was mac and cheese. And it actually turned out pretty well. But I do have another experience with mac and cheese that was not as pleasant. And I'll get into that later. Do any of you have any positive uh, memories of cooking at all? Um, I do. I A lot of positive memories have to do with cooking Thanksgiving dinner because my family always hosts Thanksgiving. And so I just have a lot of memories of me and my sister making the seasoning for the stuffing because like in my house like we'll literally get garlic cloves and like smash them with a hammer and a ziploc bag so we can stuff them in the turkey and so it was just always like fun because my mom would like give us a little mallet and we'd go crazy and that was just a really good time I had cooking with my family. Well for me personally a good experience I have is just a sense of satisfaction cooking for my family so my mom and sister always get excited whenever I cook my uh, lemon pepper salmon in a lemon butter sauce. Um, they It always brings a smile to their faces and they generally enjoy it. So that in itself brings a smile to my face and satisfaction in my heart that I'm able to basically help provide for my family in any way I can in a sense. Like sure, I can't help with the rent or I can't help with the gas bill, but I can cook a nice meal when my mom comes home from work. And that just feels nice. That feels nice in my heart. E, uh, what about you? I was just thinking because I feel like every cooking experience I have with me or my family, it's always just stressful. Like something's always going wrong. But <laughs> the one thing I do remember is like just cooking for my nieces, I think. Um, they're like, I think one of them is like in second grade, I think. And she likes how I make scrambled eggs, which I stole. At, it's like just scrambled eggs with like a bit of milk and then some like of that quesadilla cheese, like chihuahua cheese or whatever. And I learned how to cook that from my friend Kayla um she taught me in like I think seventh grade and I just it stuck with me ever since and my niece just loves it so I always feel like so special like a little chef for her whenever she asked me to cook that Angel do you have any good uh experiences while cooking or is it all just pain and suffering like well I don't cook much so I guess like every experience I have cooking is good uh when it's not burning down like when the kitchen isn't burning and when the food actually tastes good but everything else yeah, I would say it's a good experience. Uh, one time I did make rice. That was pretty good. It was just basic rice, you know. I think everyone can make rice. But it turned out pretty good. I think I have more failures than good experiences, though, to be honest. Angel doesn't cook. He just serves. Period. And you ate with that. 
Well, that's a wrap for this discussion. Stay tuned for another interview with a chef brought to you by Jer. Welcome back to What's Up on WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio. Let us cook. So, my favorite recipe, pozole. Thanks so much for coming. Now, let's move on to the next section. Fine, I shall elaborate. It doesn't matter what kind, except Blanco. Blanco is boring and fight me. My mother was the one who introduced the concept of pozole to me at a young age. Hers contained chicken instead of pork and was very delicious. I don't know the full recipe by heart yet, but I know some of the ingredients required are pork or chicken, a chile guajillo, arbol, and ancho, and hominy. It is a comfort dish that I know I'm going to love whenever my mom announces she has the ingredients. Now, I may not know a lot about cooking, but the same cannot be said about the person I have interviewed. You could say they are very professional. Let's have a talk with Dragon. My name is Jeremiah, and today I will be conducting an interview with someone who is very familiar with the food industry. Could you please introduce your name, pronouns, and where you're from? Hi, yes. My name is Dragon Macias. My pronouns are they and them. I hail from San Diego, but I truly call Chicago my home. I've been here for 14 years now. Pleasure to have you with us. Um, okay, so how long have you worked in the food service industry? I worked in the service industry for about five and a half years. I would say that would be my first job ever since I got out of high school. Uh, what inspired you to cook? Honestly, I think it was just my environment. I was raised by like my grandfather and my dad. So, you know, they're not really whipping anything up in the kitchen. It was like box meals, frozen meals. So whenever I was invited over to my friend's house or went to like my sister's mom's house and had a home cooked meal, it just like resonated with me and made me feel like grateful and warm inside. So I just grew like a fondness towards a good meal and how that brings people together and just like sparks good memories. I see. Awesome. Okay. Um, what kind of restaurants have you worked at or do you work at currently? Currently, I'm in a new direction. I'm doing pastry at Nobu. But I'm more savory trained. I've done a lot of new American cuisine, which typically, because we are a melting pot here with a lot of different cultures, it just means like, uh, an example could be like Asian food, um, but towards the palate of the American. So, you know, some people wouldn't call it authentic, but it is because we're all fusing together what we know here and have access to as well as live fire cooking. So it's just wood, raking your coals, cooking your ingredients from vegetables, raw vegetables to steak on a grill over a hot bed of coals. And some would say that's like the purest form of cooking. I would agree a little bit because you're really letting your ingredients speak for themselves. You don't need to overdress them, uh, which is still like a craft in itself. And I respect those that do do that but I favor more when you allow the ingredient highlight itself and not embellish too much on it. I see. To follow up on that with a similar subject, um, what are some of the most essential cooking skills you've picked up from working in kitchens? I think 
the skills that are most important in a kitchen are not ones that one would think of uh, like, oh, cooking an egg or something. It's really about being attentive to the things you are doing, like not letting your mind wander. So it's really being present and using all six of your senses because you have, obviously when you're cooking, you're using all five, which is smelling, hearing, tasting, feeling. Um, so you can't, like when someone asks you, oh, how long do you think you have to cook the steak for? It's never anything like a solid, oh, three minutes. That's like a guideline. You really need to be using all of your senses when cooking. And that comes along with like repetition of like using all of those skills together to do. Yeah. I see. Okay. Have there ever been any uh, notable experiences from your line of work that has stuck with you? Yes, I would say <laughs> um, in the industry, we have this thing called staff meal or comida, which is just mm -hmm. uh, you, the cooks make our lunch slash for some people our dinner for the night before we get service going. And I remember it used to give me anxiety to, when it was my turn to make comida and so one time I was asking my chef at the time, I was like, can you taste this? Like before I was putting it up and they're like, um, why? It doesn't matter. Like you're already going to run behind, like put it up. So I had so much anxiety putting it up. And as we're all eating staff meal, I see the owner of the restaurant slash head chef go get up and get seconds. And that just like really shook me. And I was like, you are enjoying your meal, chef. And he's like, looked at me puzzled and was like, yes. And that's when I felt like I got the confidence as a cook. Like, oh, I do know what I'm doing. Like, it wasn't more like, okay, I'm just trying to execute these steps. It's like, I, it is just getting done. That's an amazing experience to have. What specifically do you love about cooking besides your inspiration? Uh, I love to eat. <laughs> I just, I love <laughs> to eat. Like, I get really, really excited. Um, I don't know. It's just really, uh, my favorite experience when eating is like when you try, you've never tried anything like that before. And the first bite you get, you instantly smile because it was just like unexpected. And you weren't expecting anything because you don't know what it is. And like the first feeling it gave you was a smile because, whoa, my mind was just blown. Um, and I feel like the easiest way to like achieve that sometimes, like because you can go to a restaurant that you're getting a lot of like traction from through your social media and then you go and it's a little bit underwhelming uh, is like look at a restaurant's vegetable um like their vegetables on their menu look at their sides because most people tend to overlook that but it shows you how something that you can think is bland or like not worth your time to look at or order is actually so great within itself um yeah that's another thing like 
when I was first coming up in a kitchen, um, I would always ask my chefs, like, what are you working on? And it was always a side dish. Like it was always a veggie dish and they would give it to me. And I was like, I didn't know vegetables can taste good. Like I did not know that vegetables can have like depth and flavor and not just be one thing. What is one of your all-time favorite dishes to cook and why? I think my all-time favorite dish to cook would mm -hmm. have to be rice. I guess, I don't know. I feel like I've created my own version of like dirty rice, Hispanic rice, because of just picking up the different flavor profiles of, in all the rices I've had to cook, like Brazilian uh, bomba rice mm -hmm. to like, um, you know, Puerto Rican rice to like orange mm -hmm. Mexican rice to um, paella rice. So I feel like rice is an underrated dish that you can do so much with. Like rice can be a meal within itself and it's the best and accessible. <laughs> that sounds very delicious. Um, I guess that's a skill. Like that's a skill that you get cooking in the kitchen is learning how to cook rice. Like to cook white rice, it's not burnt. You know, it's like you yeah. learn how to cook rice. You can like there's a world you experiment. Yeah. So to flip on the opposite end of the spectrum, what is your least favorite dish to cook, or least favorite dish in general, or just the most difficult dish you've had to make? <laughs> that's a hard one you stumped me there I don't feel like there's really a bad dish I guess my what I don't really like seeing like on a dish is like when things don't necessarily need to go together like it didn't add or benefit to the dish it was it leaves me with mm. a sense of being like you, they were just trying to be like I don't know out there like ahead of everyone else and once it's because once i had um they try to elevate spaghettios like they made pasta in house and their own sauce you know like they up to that point it was good but i don't know for the life of me why they crumbled um like a white chocolate crumble like think of like the hershey's cookies and cream it was like a crumble it wasn't chocolate it was like a On crumble spaghettios that yeah I'm On not lying. I, I was lying. I really wish I was lying, but I wasn't. I Why? talk about it. Why? So For what purpose? I would understand if it was like a cream sauce, if the noodles yes. were in a cream sauce, I would understand. But it was on a red sauce. I'm not going to lie. When you were on like, oh, so they crumble some white stuff. I was like... Oh, yeah, Parmesan cheese. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Yeah, that's that's good. And then he said sweet white chocolate. I was, you lost me, like, completely. I'm like, where we, we had a plan. What happened here? So here's a philosophical one. Food is necessary to nourish, nourish the body, of course. Do you have any thoughts on how you think new food nourishes anything else of us? Yes. I feel like like your mind, your body, because you're ingesting it, and like your soul, like your mind, because you have to like 
when you when you're cooking there's multiple ways to look at your ingredient like it could go from sourcing like what farm am i getting it from like in the conditions of it do you want a hydroponic farm like where it's like grown in water and how does that taste compared to ones that are like grown in soil and like whose farm do you want to like there's just different methods and then you can go and look at it from like it's seasonal and what do I have access to like realistically what is accessible to you and the region that you're from you know and um like cost wise on how accessible it can be to like your soul because you're at the end of the day you're getting this product that you can share with people you know or like you're sharing with your family yourself like you're nourishing yourself even when you're cooking for your um oneself it's a form of self-love like self-care because it takes a lot of work like out of you but it's getting put mm -hmm. back into tenfold because now you're getting nutrients and you're getting a sense of like instant gratification because you finished something and it tastes good you know so a sense of accomplishment yeah That's it's awesome. always nice to like do something with your hands you know and being able to enjoy it of course i feel like no. cooking oh sorry continue no continue Oh no, I was just gonna say, I feel like cooking is like a part of the human experience and we're kind of like got to disconnect from it, you know? Like- Could you elaborate? I, uh, yes, like we don't, like we see our ingredients in grocery stores, but in nowadays we're not really because we have food delivery packages um, that with all the ingredients already prepackaged for you, made for you, or like you can get your groceries delivered or even just ordering in or eating out. So like we're not really seeing our food, how we used to see it and how like, not to be cheesy, but like with the land, we like how we had to work with it so like our efforts were for the lack of better words like towards like something like for something our efforts were for like our benefit or like for the community because we're doing this task for our harvest or we gotta go hunt this amount of animals or like we have mm -hmm. to clean and process it like so now it's just as like, opposed to what um here's a product presented on a plate for you like this is just food kind of like it's just manifested here mm. so you so you believe there's a lack of disconnect especially with our modern society where i've seen it's more generally focused on convenience than yeah. it is on the actual product itself exactly mm. i can agree with you on that that's that is a downside to our uh, quote unquote, uh, modern society. And, um, yeah, well, let's not get too down about it. Um, yeah. do you have any piece, <laughs> do you have any uh, piece of advice to share with uh, someone who is beginning their cooking journey? Uh, don't doubt yourself. Like mm. 
you're not doubt yourself um because the it is um a very like time consuming industry but which is why it is something out of like passion like and if you feel like you're in a kitchen where your passion isn't like really there or it's like your drive's not there as much like really think about what your goals as a cook like are like not necessarily like I'm here to master someone's line of course that's great and if you find a kitchen that really cultivates like that spark in you and you feel like you can talk like it's an environment where you can talk about cooking and food and what's like you can tell that that's what's important in the kitchen like that's great and is a kitchen worth sharpening your skills in and staying at but if you're in a kitchen and you just feel like you're doing the movements of things like before making any moves like assess what direction what do you want out of the kitchen like what do you want from the kitchen to give to you and once you can identify that find a kitchen that can give you that so that you can also give back that same energy because it's such a tight-knit community that if you go and jump around kitchen to kitchen and you're like semi-mastering your skills you're like okay yeah technically you can do it but like this guy really is this other guy is really on top of their skill sets and are hung they're hungrier for the information and the knowledge mm. they're um that's what chefs really care about but don't ever like live and die by the sword of the kitchen that you're in because you feel like you need to because essentially it's your journey it's your journey in the kitchen so like it might be scary but don't doubt yourself you know only you know what you want to do with your career and what uh direction you want your career to go into so it's really just maintaining that level head because there's a lot of noise if you can master service and working the line like that's the easiest part like you got it like the hardest part is maintaining your level head and your vision um and not getting your spirit broken uh just for like capital or like yeah and lastly can you share where one might find more information about you and the wonderful food you create? Of course. More information about all my tasty creations at dragon underscore saver on Instagram. All right. Well, thank you, Dragon, so much for your time. Um, thank you for having this talk with me. And um, I'm excited to see uh, what you are up to next. And I appreciate you uh, for your time. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Dragon, for sitting down with us for an interview. Now, to close out the show, we'll be playing an audio piece by me, where me and my sister-in-law try our hardest to make avena that tastes just like my grandpa's. Avena is such a simple thing. For those who don't know what it is, it's oatmeal in Spanish. Anyway, it's something so simple, yet every time I try to make it, it never turns out like my grandpa's. He used to make it for us for what seemed like every day growing up. I loved it. The way he made it was sweet and cinnamony and not hard and flavorous like my mom makes it. No shade, mom. 
Mm, all the shade, mom. And well, unfortunately for you listeners and for me, he was too shy to be on the radio, but he did show me how to make it and give me the recipe. So I got my sister-in-law to help me, and we both spent the night trying to get as close as we could to my grandpa's Avena. Hi, and welcome to Cooking with Jasmine and Adriana. Say hi, Adriana. Hello. She's my sister-in-law, and today we are going to be trying to cook Avena using my grandpa's recipe, and we'll see who gets closer. For this recipe, you will need a little bit of salt, like a pinch, two spoonfuls of sugar, one small spoonful of butter, cinnamon powder or cinnamon sticks, a cap full of vanilla extract, a dash of milk, water, and if you so desire, a lemon peel, which you'll take out later, but we won't be using that for this recipe today. What? As you can tell, my grandpa really doesn't measure anything when he cooks. He just kind of feels it in his bones and that's it. So that's why all the ingredients are in increments of a little bit, a small spoon rather than a tablespoon or an ounce. We struggled a lot. Add some salt, add some salt. I swear, Where, where's the salt? Add Is some... it the salt? I don't know, the salt helped mine. Maybe. Like a little, little pinch more of salt. I'm gonna add a little more cinnamon to mine. Like a lot. Taste test number one before I finish cooking. It does definitely does not taste the same. <laughs> and we kept adding things and we kept adding more water. Oh my God, we need more water. Okay. Dang, do I need more water? Do we need more water? You think we do? I don't know, he didn't say how much water either. <laughs> he just mm, eyeballs it like they do with rice. But it still didn't get close to my grandfather's. Tell me your secret, old man. <laughs> what do you put in here? <laughs> it don't taste the same. <laughs> okay, I'm putting a baby pinch more of salt. I just feel like I need something to bring out the flavors. They're there, but they're not out. And we may have gone a little crazy trying to get this right. Maybe he adds a double. Oh, that's a secret ingredient for every Puerto Rican. <laughs> Although, it's good on everything. Okay. Ah! Nothing happened. My butter slid off my spoon. And we spent a lot of time doing this. Alright, so after about nearly 30-ish minutes of working on this oatmeal. It takes perfection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it tastes amazing. We we think we got it as close as we could to my grandpa's um, oatmeal. Anyway, we're going to play it up now. How do you think you did? Um, I think I did pretty well considering everything. Uh, it took a lot longer than I thought it would. And I, even though I added so much more water and milk, it still felt like it was too dry. I don't know. I'm really bad at getting the ratio for like rice to water. And so I guess this was the same boat. I think I did amazing. Who do you think got closer? I think I got closer, but we found out that if you mix the two of them together, it's like perfect, which I don't know how to feel about that. Like, so I guess together we got the closest, but separately I got closer. At least that's my opinion. I'm not sure because <laughs> I never tasted your grandfather's. Yes, you have. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> did you find this challenge difficult? 
I found this very difficult uh, because my grandpa doesn't use, you know, any type of measuring. He's like, he just feels it in his bones. And so that was really hard because I just, I added so much more salt than I thought I would need. I added so much more cinnamon and butter, especially the butter. Uh, so I found this challenge very difficult. Okay, so I never knew there was so many ingredients that belonged in oatmeal. What would you change to get closer next time? I would start off with less oatmeal and more water because like I said before, I just, I kept adding water and somehow it's still like not as creamy and like, you know, like liquidy, I don't know. As his, he has like a thick kind of sauce to his oatmeal and mine did not have that. And I would definitely add more butter and salt to begin with next time because the salt really brings out the flavors. More cinnamon. I would change that I would put more cinnamon. <laughs> I think she put enough cinnamon. Her thing was brown. <laughs> I get a little insecure cooking with my family sometimes, especially older members of my family, like my mom, my aunts, my grandpas. They all have years of cooking experience under their belts. They don't need a measure. They look at a dish, smell the spices, and just know. I'm not at that point yet, and it frustrates me that I can't even make Avena half as good as my grandpa. But I gotta remind myself, I'm still learning. One day, maybe I'll be able to whip up a five-course meal blindfolded, but for now, I still need to practice. So I found cooking with my sister-in-law and messing around in the kitchen for a half an hour to be really enjoyable. But I hope one day I'll make Avena good enough to make my grandpa proud. And there you have it. So um, I think I won, but I guess we, you know, we're both winners here. So I would like to thank my sister-in-law, Adriana, for helping me out with this. Say bye, Adriana. Bye. Bye. And I'll see you later. The audio piece, we have reached the end of our show. We practically wrote a cookbook with all the content in this show for some fun indication. We learned about recipes behind celebrity meals and goodness. Not only that, but E and Jeremiah interviewed some chefs and learned all about the secrets for cooking. With all this, we warmed up some in-depth discussions about our cooking experiences, how food brings us together, and so much more. Hopefully, we didn't make y'all too hungry, and if we did, we're sorry. This is What's Up, Let Us Cook. Thank you for tuning in, and remember that you've been listening to WLPN LP 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio. Bye-bye. And that's the conclusion of our program. Brought to you by the fine folks at... Oh, not you again. No. And y'all, who let her back in? <laughs> and that's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed whatever it is you just heard, heartwarming interviews, tear-jerking stories, magnificent music, and the sound of our voices. Because God knows that this is the best content on the airwaves. Don't forget to follow YOLO on all their social medias at YOLO Kali. And you can find all our audio content on SoundCloud, MixCloud, and Apple Podcasts. We bougie like that. Period. Well, that's it. Bye. See you next Saturday from 12 to 2 p.m. for another episode of... Thank you.